Chapter 20, Roasted by Satan It felt like someone had glued Luke's eyes shut and tossed a turd in his mouth. Light barely made it past the gaps in his crusty eyelids. Shadows of two men pacing around him were the only things visible. He didn't remember where he was or what had happened the night before, but he had a feeling the two guys circling him were ready to finish off whatever they started. And whatever it was, it wasn't good. Among other bizarre gifts, he had a sixth sense about this stuff. Even in his current state, the thought that was hardwired into his DNA was that the best defense is a good offense. He slammed his hands on the floor to push himself up, ready to assume a fighting stance. That was the plan at least. However, a few synapses failed to fire, and lost in translation, were unable to make the trip from his brainstem to his body. His hands hit something other than carpet. The slapping sound echoed through his head. His hands stung like a bitch. Battle stance? Well, that didn't happen either. Laughter. All he heard was laughter. He managed to lift his head and pry his eyes open. Directly in front of him, less than a foot in front of his face, were his two employees, Daquan McFinn and Eamon White, laughing their asses off, bones out, taking videos of him. If he had been able to separate his tongue from the roof of his mouth and speak, he'd have fired them on the spot. Wow, that looked painful. You think he hurt himself? Daquan asked. Only his pride if he has any left, Eamon replied. They continued to give NFL-style color commentary for the next 15 minutes, while Luke lay on the conference room table wishing he was never born. He coughed up something that hit the back of his teeth. They kept filming. Daquan leaned in for a closer inspection. He was somewhat on the spectrum, mild Asperger syndrome if Luke and Jack had to guess, and he was an odd duck at times, occasionally unable to interpret nonverbal cues. Add to it that he was a white guy with an awkward name that didn't quite fit and never really got the jokes about his name didn't make it any easier for him. Daquan's parents were the equivalent of modern missionaries who led an expedition deep into the urban wilds of Detroit. They named him Daquan according to local customs and ran a church outreach program. It worked out great for Quan, which was what everyone called him, providing ample opportunity to practice turning the other cheek while the local boys beat the shit out of him. Luke was about to do the same thing if only his body would cooperate. What the hell? Luke managed to croak. We were about to ask you the same thing, boss, Quan said, using his parental voice. You were piled in a heap on the table when we got here. Quiet night, Eamon asked sarcastically. Luke managed to sit up and take in his situation. He was spread eagle in the middle of the expensive, ridiculously ostentatious walnut table in his conference room. He had drool crusted on the side of his face that cracked when he tried to speak. Water, was all he could say. Quan slid a pitcher of water down the table, and Luke grabbed it and sucked its contents down without breathing. He wiped his mouth off with the sleeve of his $20 Nirvana t-shirt, trying not to drip drool on his $40,000 suede-clad conference room table. Unsuccessfully, of course. Drool on blue suede. Nice, he thought. Help me up, he said, stumbling to his feet. Once upright, Luke saw himself with his pockets pointed in the wrong direction, his pants on backwards. He shuffled by the garishly large conference room mirror something the decorator said would inspire awe and a sense of power. 
It inspired neither. As he looked up, his reflection scared the shit out of him. He did, however, see a nice addition to his club-going attire. A red thong wrapped around his neck in lieu of a tie. Huh, I must have had fun, he thought. Luke stumbled in his office and lay down, only to be awakened three hours later by the smell of coffee, the good stuff that Quan made. Artisan-grown, hand-picked by virgins on some mountainside and roasted by Satan himself. He peeled his face from the leather office sofa, his shoulder-length dirty blonde hair pasted to one side of his face. He yelled for Quan, who came in instantly, throwing a pair of clean shorts at him, slamming down the cup of coffee on the corner of his desk. Quan gave him the look, as if he was some form of sad degenerate. Luke didn't make excuses for himself. He knew he had issues, but he was also the boss. Even if Quan was on the spectrum, one little thing like a mild look of disdain for his boss wouldn't work out well for him. There'd be a good chance Quan would wish he was back in Detroit by the end of the day. Luke made it to his office bathroom, taking a moment to stare at himself in the mirror. Bloodshot eyes, three-day beard, and hair right out of a trailer park. He ran his hands over his chiseled features covered by dark stubble. I gotta stop this shit, he thought. A hot shower loosened up a few of the rusted bolts in his head, and he began to feel somewhat normal. He found his cell phone in his pants pocket, kicked back at his desk, and scrolled through the text and voicemail through a dull, thumping headache. The only thing from Jack was an email Thursday night when Luke was in the Bahamas, saying that he had a client meeting and a potential deal and he'd be back Sunday morning. Luke had replied with a few raunchy pictures of hot girls a few tables over from where he was playing, but never heard anything back from Jack. Sometimes Jack just didn't appreciate his humor. He listened to a voicemail that explained a lot. Hey, Tiger, it's Chastity. She made a growling noise. You were amazing last night, so I decided to leave you with a little something memorable. Call me. Then she giggled. That put Luke's mind at ease for the moment. At least he was with a girl. Which girl? No clue other than she said chastity. He couldn't help but smile at the thought of her thong as a necktie. That's one classy lady, he thought. Quan's pissy voice blasted through the intercom and knocked him out of his fantasy. He tested positive for a concoction of rohypnol, amphetamines, and Viagra, he said. Roofies, are you sure? How do you know? Luke shouted down the hall, then instantly regretted it. We took a blood sample while you were passed out, Quan replied through the speaker. Luke rolled his eyes. Yeah, you probably had a stool sample done, just not by us, Eamon added, laughing all the way down the hall. Yeah, whatever it is, I just hope I enjoyed it, Luke shot back. Quan and Eamon took their jobs a little too seriously sometimes. Luke was sure that the video they took of him would be on the internet that evening. The bigger issue was the lack of imagination by today's party girls. Date rape drugs were so last season. The problem is that when you're rich, single, and good-looking, club girls don't hesitate to stoop as low as any guy. The second voicemail he received pushed vomit up his throat. Hey, disgust oozing out of the phone. Jack, your brother, I haven't heard from him. I don't know if you managed to keep him out all night, but we had plans, and I expect him over here now. Don't even bother calling me back. Just make sure he gets his ass over here. That was the lovely Beth, his brother Jack's girlfriend and a royal pain in the ass. 
She was drop-dead gorgeous and had designs on marrying her brother. But to Luke, she was a dragon lady. He took the Haitian voodoo doll he had made of her out of his desk drawer and stabbed the shit out of it while erasing her message. He'd kept his mouth shut and bit his tongue till it bled. If not for Jack's recent bout of anxiety, he would have told him how much he hated her. However, he didn't have the heart to see his brother suffer again through the dating process. He never understood the attraction anyway. It was time, though, he could not keep his mouth shut any longer and had to help a brother out. Literally. At 24, Jack was just too young, too rich, and too good-looking to throw his life away on the first master manipulator to come along. Plus, he had a dogged feeling that aside from being a complete bitch, Beth was hiding something. Actually, quite a bit. Jack just never wanted to hear it. This drove Luke crazy. Despite Jack's intellect, he was kind and often simple with a positivity bias toward others. In Luke's mind, Jack may be the only other person on the planet that looked better than him, but he just didn't see the evil in others. Lucky for him, Luke did. 